Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I'm joined by my co-hosts... Oh, I forgot what I was supposed to do. <laughs> oh, that's me. All right. Hey, Mike. everybody. Uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I am the Daily Nebraskans uh, co-editor of the COVID-19 section. Uh, we've been doing a lot of lot of coverage on what's been going on on campus last semester and continuing into this semester. And I do this very cool podcast with these very cool people. As well as... I'm Mia Everding. I just help host this podcast and that's it lame yeah i know <laughs> sad and yeah uh, as i mentioned i'm kyle cruz i mainly just host this podcast and write some movie reviews for the dn um and so yeah this is our this is our first time being back for the for the spring semester and we are recording in person which Ooh. feels good Ooh. it's been a few months um so yeah we'll just jump right into it with our first segment which is what have i done what have done what have and what have I done is the segment where we just talk about what, what we've been up to, uh, I guess, for the previous amount of time. Usually it's a week, but it's been a couple months, so we'll just talk about what we want to talk about, I guess. Um, so yeah, as usual, David, let's start with you. What have you been watching? So yeah, so I, I, I took the break to watch a bunch of, a bunch of movies that were on my list. Um, I watched The Departed, I watched a bunch of old fun movie musicals and i could talk about any of those good movies but but the movie i will choose to talk about is a very bad movie that i that i watched very recently and that is we can be heroes which is the uh i guess pseudo sequel to uh the the uh, robert rodriguez classic um the adventures of shark boy and lava girl 3d um (laughs) a true classic yes shark boy and lava girl is is like one of the defining movies from my childhood, I would say, like, it's extremely, extremely bad, but it, like, just carries such nostalgia for me um, in, in so many ways. And so I was really excited for this. I didn't hear this was, like, good, but, like, no one actually thinks that, like, Sharkboy and Lava Girl or, like, the Spy Kids movies are, like, legitimately good content. They're just, like, fun and dumb and enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, I really hated We Can Be Heroes. It's really bad. Um, and... You know, maybe if I was a kid, I would be, like, super into it. And, yeah, it's definitely, like, a kid's movie and four kids. But it's just, to me, it was lacking all of the charm of uh, his previous movies. And I was very disappointed to find out that this really isn't anything about Sharkbar and Lava Girl or what they're up to or, or what they're doing. It's pretty much, like, and it's not even clear if it's set in the same universe because in, in the original movie, it was, like, they... Uh, they were like dreamt up by this boy and like it was like it wasn't even it wasn't like a world of superheroes it was just like his dreams and they inhabited his dreams but this is like oh there's a world of superheroes and it's just kind of like a typical justice league story and they're just in the, like the justice league and uh they recast shark boy they didn't get taylor lautner back which like come on he's not doing anything he hasn't at which i checked he's not acted in four years so like Pay him as much money as you need. I don't care if he's retired. Like, get that man back for this role. They just got some guy. He has no lines. He just roars at one point. Um, but they did get Taylor Dooley back uh, as, as Lava Girl, so that was good. But, yeah, I guess I, the plot of this movie, um, all the heroes get kidnapped by these aliens, um, and so then all their kids, their superpowered kids, have to save them. Um, and, yeah, it just really sucks. Like, like he... 
they I, I respect the commitment to not changing any of the CGI and dialogue for the last 15 years. Like, it just at, looks like absolute garbage, which is something I love about Shark Boy and Lava Girl and Spy Kids, is that it just looks like total dumpster fire CGI that was, like, made on someone's, like, desktop. And he's like, I'm just doing that again, even though I have a massive, like, Netflix size budget. Um, but yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal's in it for some reason. Um, I, I've, I've said this before. Robert Rodriguez must have dirt on everybody in Hollywood because he gets just insane casts uh, for his movies, like people who are way more famous than than the movies that they're in. Um, but yeah, it's it's really not good. I, I did enjoy it. There are some like late uh, in the plot twists that kind of redeemed it for me um, that I actually like didn't see coming. I thought they were pretty good. But then there's like a final, final twist that is exceedingly dumb. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's bad. Like I, I think a kid would probably enjoy it, but like for me, an adult looking for some like sweet Shark Boy and Lava Girl nostalgia, looking for some great moments between those two, they're barely in it, and I hated it. Are there a lot of like big celebrity cameos in this movie? Um, not, not real, not really actually. Like I guess this is kind of his movie with the least amount of like actually super famous people in it. It's Pedro Pascal, Priyanka Chopra is in it. And that's kind of it. Like there's maybe one more person, but yeah, like it's not a super star studded cast. Like he usually is. All right. So, hmm. um, so does it when, so when shark boy and lava girl like show up, this is like the real, the real question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they, when they're in it, does it like, I don't know. Does it kind of have the same vibe as like shark boy and lava girl at all? Or is it just kind of, like, oh, hey, there's also these characters. It's pretty much like, oh, and Sharkboy and Lava Girl are here. Do they have any lines? Nope. <laughs> like, it's not even about them, really. It's mostly about Pedro Pascal and his... And, like, it's... Pedro Pascal is, like, the leader of the superheroes, and he's kind of Batman-like, but he has, like, no discernible powers. He just has some swords. Um, and his daughter is, like, becomes the leader of the children heroes, even though she doesn't have any powers and... Like, that's a big thing. She's, like, trying to figure out what her powers are. Yeah. And then her powers are leadership at the end. That's, like, I thought it was going to be, like, oh, she, like, figures out her... I thought it was going to be, like, Sky High, where it's, like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you know, that's the, the kid of, like, the best hero, and he doesn't have any powers, and that's lame. But then he has, like, all the powers. They're, like, nah, she just she just is good at being a leader. <laughs> and that's it. So. so Shark Boy and Lava Girl have a kid in this, don't they? Yes. Does, so... What are that kid's powers? Like, how does that house... So, the way they explain it, they're like, so, Lava Girl could shoot fire, and Shark Boy is just a shark man. So, like, her powers is that she can shoot water. And she has, like, a shark frenzy that she can do, where she just, like, has shark strength, even though she's, like... Like, the, the, the actress that they cast is, like, four years old. Like, she is, like, extra... Like, she's, like, the youngest one, and she's just tiny. And, yeah, but she has, like, shark strength. But she mostly just shoots water. Um, there's a girl who... Um, oh, they, they also just use David Bowie's We Can Be Heroes. Like, that's, like, the, like, he, like his song, Heroes. Um, and that's how they named the movie, I guess. But, yeah, there's a girl who, like, can sing, and she's like, I can sing low enough that everyone can float. And I'm like, what? what? Are you going to explain what that means? <laughs> I guess not. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I was very disappointed because I was, I was hoping for some, some good nostalgia in, this, in the dark times we live in. But sadly, I was, I was disappointed. 
are you glad that this movie exists? Are you glad they decided to make this like pseudo sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl? No. All right. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I guess uh, moving on to you next, Mia, what have you been watching? Well, in the past three days, because I had to break it into three days because I'm tired, um, I rewatched Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and I don't think, I might not be correct when I say this, but I don't think I've ever seen them back to back like the way I did it. Um, so I watched Infinity War on Sunday and then I watched like half of Endgame and then half because it's literally three hours long. Um, and it was great. I, I think I snapped you guys last night just weeping over the ending. I think I was just very tired, but I forgot how emotional that movie is. Like, I remember when I saw it the first time and I counted how many times I cried and I cried 13 times. <laughs> But the amount of tears that came out of my body last night, like, made up for 13 times worth of crying. Very it good. was incredible. Um, I love watching those movies in chronological order because you just get so much more out of them. And I think what I really liked this time around was, like, Cap and Iron Man's relationship. Because, like, in the beginning of Endgame, when Iron Man's, like, almost dead coming off of the ship, like, they hadn't seen each other in so long. And, like, they had the Civil War conflict. And, like, they don't address it. But knowing that history was just, like, so much more fulfilling than mm -hmm. just walking into it after, like, not seeing Civil War for, like, four years. So that's that's my rant. I was very happy. Very good choice. One of these days I am going to go back, though, and watch all of them in chronological order. Yeah. I, that's actually where I was going next. Is I've also kind of like felt the desire lately to go back and watch like the entirety of the MCU in yes. chronological order, but it's just, it's, it's an endeavor. It, like it it's is. It's over 20 movies. And I think like, it's like 20, 22 or 23. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, now with, WandaVision and all these other uh, <laughs> TV shows coming out, it's going to it's gonna become increasingly difficult to go back and like do an entire MCU rewatch. And if you do it right, uh, you have to watch all of the seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, all of the Oof. five, six uh, Marvel Netflix series. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're a true fan, you've got to just, just commit to it. Yeah, so. It's a lot of content. Um, so how... Cause I don't know if I've ever watched uh, Endgame and Infinity War back to back like that either. So like, do they do they like tie in together really well? They um, really do. Yeah, I was actually like blurring the lines in my mind of like, wait, did this actually happen in Infinity War? Because I forget. Like, I think it would have been nice actually to watch them literally back to back, but that's five and a half hours worth of movie, and that's a lot on the eyes when you're an old woman. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they, they really do tie in well. Um, and just, like, not having a year-long span of waiting. Like, I remember the end of Infinity War, you're like, really? Now I have to wait a year? Like, it's so dark and sad at the end. So then knowing, like, oh, I, had, I have a movie, and then it's going to get resolved in, like, three hours, and it's fine. But, yeah, um, they, they flow really well together, so. Yeah, it's interesting how, like, I feel like Endgame coming out, at least in terms of, like, movie-going, like, experiences and just, like, the theatrical, like, market. I feel like that was, like, the peak, like, going to a theater. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah, it's the highest-grossing film of all time. And then, like, immediately the year after that with the yeah. pandemic and everything, just, like, there was, 
like I, I don't know, I went to a theater like maybe a half dozen times this year as mm-hmm. a whole. Uh, yeah. And so it's just kind of interesting to, I guess, think back to a time when everyone liked going to the movies. Yeah. Or remember, when everyone could go to the movies. Remember gathering in a place with people? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't remember that at all, yeah. honestly. Uh, um, what about you, Kyle? Yeah. So I'll just briefly stay on Marvel, um, just because WandaVision premiered this past Friday. Um, they released the first two episodes. Uh, they're about 25 minutes, maybe a half hour each, like right around there. Um, and so, yeah, again, this is the first two episodes. It's going to be a total of nine. Um, and, yeah, these first two episodes, they definitely, like, really play into the whole, like, sitcom uh, kind of gimmick that they've advertised where, like, the first episode um is like a definitely like a sitcom from like the 50s um i don't remember like there's specific sitcoms that they're based off of um but i can't remember the name of the the sitcom that the first one was oh uh, the it, first one is the dick van dyke show dick van dyke show yeah and then the second one i think is bewitched yes. um yep so yeah those are interesting uh they definitely like i wasn't sure how intense the like sitcom vibe was going to be like if they were balanced that with marvel stuff or anything and these first two episodes are definitely just like episodes of a sitcom with like little bits of a marvel show sprinkled in but like mostly just like wanda and vision living in this kind of american utopia utopia like uh classic tv world um and i understand so that a lot of people have kind of been disappointed by these first two episodes just because they don't really forward the story a whole lot um which admittedly they are kind of like just a lot of setup and a lot of just kind of introducing you to like the the kind of environment that wanda and vision are currently in um but personally i really like these two episodes um just because i think they were a ton of fun i like openly like laughed out loud several times throughout uh throughout both of them just because like i was just having a blast um but then there's also like enough little nuggets of like a clue that tease like what could actually be happening um, to get you theorizing. Like I've already got like a bunch of like theories about like what's actually happening and like what direction this show is going to go. And it's probably not going to go in those directions, but it's really exciting just to think about. And it just feels good to have new Marvel content again. Um, it's kind of the base of what I'm saying. Like it's been, uh, yeah, a minute. It's been like, year and a half since since, last, since uh far from home yeah um so it's been it's been a while um but yeah i'm, I'm excited and this i believe wandavision goes through like the beginning of march and then like two weeks later falcon and winter soldier starts um and then that goes up through like black widow and then shortly after black widow is loki and so basically from now until the end of the year we're gonna have consistent marvel content yeah, wow. um which Ooh. man what a time to be alive um <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's all I want to say about WandaVision. But the the main thing I kind of want to talk about is over break, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, binged this uh, Canadian sitcom called Kim's Convenience. Um, that's about like a, a Korean-Canadian family living in Toronto, I believe. Um, and they're just like running a convenience store in Toronto. Um, and this show is absolutely hilarious because it's just uh, like Mr. Kim is like the dad of the group. Um, and he's like the main like store owner and him and his wife. Uh, just like yeah, run these store this store together, and then they have a son named Jung, uh, who is actually played by Simu Liu, who's going to be playing Shang Chi in uh, the Marvel film later this year. Um, but he, so I didn't even realize he was in the show when I started watching it, and so it was interesting to see him in something prior to like seeing him in a Marvel thing. And he's he's hilarious in the show. He's he's really good. Um, and then their daughter is played by an actress that I don't remember her name. 
Uh, but her daughter is uh, the daughter in the family is like going to like photography school um, and like so it's just her being in college living with her parents and then Jung is kind of like kind of an estranged son like he, him and his dad like don't get along like haven't talked in years um, so it's interesting to kind of like explore that through the guise of just like a really funny sitcom mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's not like a groundbreaking like show or anything anything it's it is interesting because it is like an almost entirely asian cast um so like that's that's cool and not something you see from like any generic like american sitcom Mm -hmm. um so that's that's been fun uh but yeah the show as a whole it's 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 a good time uh there's four seasons on netflix right now i believe season five premiered in canada last night but like probably won't be on netflix until like october or something Hmm. so it'll be a wait for that but yeah it's like four seasons and there's like 12 episodes in each season so it's not like a huge time time commitment at least for sitcom standards um so yeah highly recommend kim's convenience it's a, Very nice. it's a good time nice. um, um also uh the guy that plays mr kim um his his name's like uh paul Seung lee or something like that but he was actually uh in the mandalorian uh this season oh. he was uh one of the like uh new republic pilots um oh, that like appeared yeah. in like a couple yeah. episodes yeah. Nice. yeah and that's actually like how i heard about the show because like i heard that he was in it and i heard a lot of people saying that it was appa from kim's convenience uh and like apparently uh like on his rebellion like helmet like the actual words like translate to like appa and like on the side <laughs> it says okay see you which is the thing he says as everyone leaves the store oh cool um, which i just think is kind of fun nice um but yeah nice good time um before we move on i just want to go back to wandavision real quick um because i read the other day that uh Kevin Feige had consulted with Dick Van Dyke for like the first few episodes of WandaVision. Um, and, and I love Dick Van Dyke. He is just, he's an absolute icon and King and he is the best. Um, but there were just a really fun quote about his interaction with Dick Van Dyke and Dick Van Dyke, just not knowing anything at all about what the Marvel cinematic universe uh, is. And so um, the guy who directed the first few episodes, uh, Matt Shackman, um, he said, uh, we did have to give him the explanation, and he didn't seem to be too fluent with the MCU. It was great. He did say at one point during our lunch, oh, I hear you guys have had some great success. That's wonderful. Congratulations. What did you just put out? And Kevin Feige said, well, yes, well, we just put out Avengers Endgame. And Dick was like, oh, Avengers Endgame? Oh, great. Fantastic. And then Kevin Feige said, Yep, it's actually the biggest movie of all time. And and Dick Van Dyke said, What? The biggest movie of all time? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he just he has no clue. And it's it's so wholesome and great. And I want a series of like sitting down with Dick Van Dyke and like having him react to all twenty movies of the MCU. <laughs> that would just be a delightful time. Dick Van Dyke commentary tracks. I would that would my life would be complete if that happened. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess from there, we'll just jump into our, our news for the week. Um, so David just dropped his phone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this news, like it's not all from this week. It's just kind of general recent news that we want to talk about. Uh, we don't have to go like in depth on all this, but it's just kind of fun stuff before we get into our main topic. Um, so starting off with, uh, some comic book, uh, things, um, this week we got the, I guess the news that Zack Snyder's Justice League is no longer going to be like four one hour uh, like episodes on HBO Max. Rather, it's going to be a single four hour movie, which that's a lot. That's like, yeah, I like it's a chore to sit down and watch like the 
the two and a half hour, three hour extended edition of Batman vs Superman. That's why I like never do it anymore. Um, but like, yeah, I can't imagine sitting down for a four hour Zack Snyder DC movie. That is, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. Like I love, I love uh, like Man of Steel. I quite enjoy Batman vs Superman, but like, it's not something that I don't know if I could take a four hour like film like that. But I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Like, I'm still very excited for Zack Snyder's Justice League and just curious to see what it is. Um, especially, like, this week we got the news that, um, like, the general character is going to be Ma- Martian Manhunter in the movie. So I guess Martian Manhunter showing up, and that'll be interesting. But, yeah, what do you what do you guys think here? Yeah, I feel like just the more I hear about this, the more I'm just like, why? Why? Like, you know, like, why are we doing this? Because... At first, I you know like it there was all like the fan outcry and that was a little bit exhausting. But when it was first announced, I was excited for it and was curious about what this is. And I still am really curious about like what what like what what is any of this? But it's just like I just kind of want to get it over with so we just don't have to talk about it like anymore. But I'm sure like there will be people who being like, well, actually like this isn't his real vision actually like release the other Snyder cut, you know, like, like, and I think it'll just, and also, well, haven't they said that like, this is it. Like they're like, we're not going to do other offshoots of this. Like, this yeah. Like this is done. kind of like the we're final, done. like, yeah. Good. Like, I, I don't want to be like, here's Zach, here's like Zack Snyder's version of this thing that like exists within his version of justice league. Like, I don't need any of that. I think I probably would have preferred this in like, four like hour chunks so then i could just like just i could sit down i could watch one and if i like really hated it i could just kind of jump off but now i'm gonna have to sit down and watch this four hour movie and it's gonna make me mad so yeah like this if this thing is like actually four hours long that will be over twice the le- twice the length of the original justice league from 2017 that like, movie's bad it's yeah bad it's movie. not great like, it's an okay movie but yeah. um but yeah it was like just under two hours long um Ooh yeah gross well you know it's coming out in march right? yeah i don't think they've given like a specific date in march but it is going to be in march all right well i'm sure we will be we we should do a justice league episode that means me will have to watch justice league (laughs) you're doing it you do we're we're gonna make you watch a four-hour movie from a universe that you don't care at all about why because content because we hate you (laughs) (laughs) two different answers (laughs) um I wonder if this has something, and we'll we'll get into this uh, a little bit more later. Uh, but I wonder if it has something to do with Godzilla versus Kong moving into March, because that'll be premiering on HBO Max like same day it, say it opens in theaters. So I wonder if so uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be debuting on HBO Max, and so I wonder if they shortened it into a one movie that way they don't have to worry about releasing like another episode of yeah. this and Godzilla versus Kong like on the same day. Mm-hmm. But also, why not just move one of them by like a week or two? I don't know, but I guess we'll move on from there. Uh, we got the news that Ethan Hawke is going to be playing the villain in Marvel's Moon Knight Disney Plus series, uh, which is confirmed to star Oscar Isaac, by the way, the director of the show, like confirmed that on Twitter a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, Moon Knight show from Marvel on Disney Plus starring Oscar Isaac with Ethan Hawke as the villain. I think it sounds pretty good. Um, I'm a big fan of Ethan Hawke. Um, I'm surprised he jumped on a um, brand like this because I feel like Ethan Hawke usually kind of tries to avoid like big budget, like studio things. He kind of mm-hmm. feels more like an indie guy. Um, 
but at least at this point in his career. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm curious to see what kind of villain Ethan Hawke plays, because I feel like we don't really see him as a villain that often, at least not recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, I, um, I'm not like super familiar with Ethan Hawke. Like I know I've seen him in things, but um, I don't have like a super strong read on him. But but yeah, I think at this point they're kind of just like what actors have not been in the MCU before. We're kind of running out of them. So like you know, might as well might as well turn to Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say you've seen him in Dead Poets Society because I just oh, looked yeah, up his filmography. Well, he's, he's a little boy. Well, he's really good in that. So. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I can only like think of Boyhood as like the one in recent history that really stands out. But he's in the Before Sunrise um what would you call it two movies? <laughs> I don't know. It's like Duo. A, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's it's a romance. I think it's kind of a, an indie romance. Yeah. Um, it's like Before Sunrise and then like After Sunrise. Like it's very similar titles. Yeah, I've definitely heard of them at some point, but I have not seen them Hmm. um and i can like think of like i can like picture like images of him in other indie (laughs) films like i've seen like as recently as like the past year but i just can't remember the names of those movies he was in the uh first no not first reformed the the other one where he's a preacher that's no it is first yeah i was like i think it's first reformed yeah i didn't see him in that but yes um and he was in a film this past year with uh, I don't know. I don't remember who else was in the movie. All I remember is he was playing like a stepdad, and <laughs> <laughs> which is a very Ethan Hawke huh. role. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It gets me a little bit more excited for this Moon Knight show, and I'm excited to see like what it actually uh, turns into. Because like apparently the comics a lot darker than most normal uh, Marvel things. Like once upon a time, like this is a character that could have existed in like the the like Netflix corner of the MCU. Um, so I'm curious to see what, uh, like a Disney plus version of this looks like. Um, but yeah, last MCU thing to talk about. Um, there's a report, I believe out of deadline, um, that says that Chris Evans is reportedly returning as Captain America. Uh, but it's only in one film and it's not a Captain America solo film. Um, so everyone kind of is just assuming it's Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, just cause that kind of seems like it would be the best fit. Cause, uh, that'll, that movie's already going to be. Yeah, diving face first into the multiverse and like bringing in different versions of different characters. Um, so we'll see uh, what like what how media of a role this is. If it's just kind of like an oh like look, it's Chris Evans as Captain America again. Like that'd be I, cool. I, I hope that's the exact dialogue. Like they, if, like, <laughs> like uh, uh, I don't know. Like Spider Man turns and goes, oh look, it's Chris Evans as Captain America again. Yeah, like. <laughs> I kind of like the the theory that he'll be playing like a like an evil Captain America yeah. from like a different universe, like one in which like they can do like the the whole like Hail Hydra like thing from a few years ago. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. But there's already going to be a lot in this movie anyway, so I kind of just assume it's not going to be a big role. Hmm. Um, but also, if you're bringing back Chris Evans, I feel like you've got to make it a big role. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I was going to ask if it's just a cameo. Do you think like that's going to be satisfying enough for you? I think it'd be fun um, as long as they don't like put it in the advertising. I guess if they if they like yeah. really advertise Captain America's coming back and then it's like a like a one minute scene or something that'd be kind of disappointing. But if they just kind of like leave it for the movie, I think it'd be a, a fun treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, David? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like one of two things. I feel like either it's it's a cameo thing and it's like 
leaked accidentally. And like Chris Evans has said, he's like, oh, I, I haven't heard anything about this yet. And I think we might like just like not hear about this like at all until the movie comes out. And then it's like a surprise cameo, but we all kind of saw it was coming. Yeah. Or I think something that could be fun is a, you know, do like a Disney plus show where it's him like returning all of the infinity stones and like do and having mm-hmm. a little fun adventure mm-hmm. there. Um, I think that could be cool. I don't really know if I like want to see that because the character had a very good and strong ending. And I don't know if I really want to see that specific version of Captain America, like still doing things, but I think I'm cool. Like either way with it. Yeah. Um, do you guys think it's too early to bring back Chris Evans? Considering no. like they just wrote him like, no, <laughs> no. Me is like, I literally just saw Endgame two days ago and I want more. Give me more of this man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One word answers. From I think now it's on. like a bit too early, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like, eventually we'll see like robert downey jr come like i feel like eventually we'll see all of these characters return just because the disney machine never stops because comic books because comic books and content yeah um yeah i kind of i agree uh but yeah moving on from there uh we'll jump into uh warner brothers is making a willy wonka prequel that they're titling wonka um it's uh coming from director paul king who is most uh, most well known for directing Paddington as well as Paddington Two, which are both delightful movies. Um, and yeah, they're aiming for this to be out sometime in 2023. And there's a report going around that they're considering actors such as Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland for the for the lead role um, as I guess a younger Willy Wonka. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not super interested in this. Uh, if I'm being honest, the only thing here that like genuinely has me interested is the fact that it's coming from Paul King. Uh, I feel like. I feel like the director of Paddington taking on like a Willy Wonka story could be a lot of fun. Um, it could just be like a fun, delightfully good time. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's just there's so much like Willy Wonka out there. I feel like we've got two solid versions of the of this story, and it's not really one that I'm keen to to revisit. Um, but yeah, I guess what do you guys think about this? Uh, would you like to see Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland in the role? And just, yeah, general thoughts. No, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need this. I don't want it. Um, I don't really think that character in that story is that good to begin with. Like, I think it's like, yeah, he owns a chocolate factory. And that book's very, like, like I, with all of Roald Dahl stuff, it's all really weird and just, like, bad. And I, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> um, and I think there are things I have nostalgia for for like both of those uh both like the 60s one and um the the johnny depp one um but yeah i don't really need to see like how did willy wonka get his hats or like how he (laughs) met all the oompa loompas or like he has a sad relationship with his dad like 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 i don't really need that so i don't know and i just think like timothy chalamet that would just be so i would not like i would not be able to like or Tom Holland. I would not be able to, like, sit in the movie theater and be like, yes, it is Willy Wonka. I would just be like, that is Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland in a weird, dumb hat. So, <laughs> I think they should get Steve Carell to be Willy Wonka. <laughs> I'd, that? I'd see that. I'd see that movie. 
this is not at all influenced by the fact that like yesterday I watched the episode of The Office where he does the golden ticket yes. thing and he comes in dressed as Willy That'll Wonka. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> just do that. Just just do yeah, that. A whole movie. Of it. Perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, do you have any any thoughts on that, Mia? I mean, as big of a fan as I am of Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet, I don't see either of them excelling in this role. Like. M- Tom, maybe if you held a gun to my head, like, yeah, I think he could do it. I I don't. I'm also not enthralled with this, like, idea either. Like, why do we need... We've seen how successful other Roald Dahl's movies have been and not, you know, horrifying those adaptations have been. Like, we don't need this, frankly. So, pass. And yeah, I feel like... I guess Timothy's, like, kind of weird enough to do it, but, like, Tom Holland isn't, like... Like, he's such a weird character, and I can't imagine, like, here's Willy Wonka as a boy, and he just loves chocolate. Like, I don't, like, what even is that character? Like, he's just a maniac who runs a factory, and, like, I I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I feel like a Willy Wonka, like, centric story could work as, like, an animated movie or something. Are they doing that? Maybe. Isn't Taika Waititi doing that? I remember something about that. Yeah, he's yeah. doing like the Oompa Loompa thing. Yeah. And aren't they also doing another Willy Wonka thing with him? Yeah, that sounds right. Isn't it like with Netflix or something? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, David's going to Google it real quick. Hmm. Yeah, he's doing two different animated shows for Netflix that are Willy Wonka-centric. Um, I don't think they've said specifically what each one is, but I think it's like one's probably going to be an Oompa Loompa one and then one's going to be something else. So like... That's great. Like, do that. I'd love to see a Taika Waititi animated thing where he can be weird and fun. Cool. But I don't need to see, like, dark Willy Wonka. You know? Yeah. Like, I just I don't want that. Cast Taika Waititi as Willy Wonka in this. He would be so good. He would be so good as Willy Wonka. That would be incredible. Yeah. The funny thing about that is it'd be, like, it'd be, like, across studio because, like, I assume, like, Netflix is developing that and, like, this movie's coming from from Warner Brothers. Is Willy Wonka, like, in the public domain? Like, I would assume not because, like, I feel like that's, like... It's not old enough. Yes, I I feel like it's not that old. No. No, No, it's, like... Yeah. Who owns the rights to... Like, The Great Gatsby just went into public domain. So, like, and Willy Wonka, I feel like, is definitely not as old as Great Gatsby. I want to guess... Shall we take a guess? 1952 is my oh, guess. Oh, I was going to say. Like so Warner Brothers has the rights, I think, to to everything. So I don't really know what how Netflix is doing that. I don't know. I'm not sure. When was the original uh, Willy Wonka Hinton's book Hinton's written? Hinton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I think, is the original yes. book. Do you want to hear a cool story that's kind of beside the point? Sure. Let's my go for it grandmother's friend did the art for james and the giant peach what that's cool that's pretty yeah. cool and she drew a picture of my sister when she was a baby that's incredible yeah <laughs> um 1964 oh damn mia was closer get wrecked yeah. <laughs> um yeah anyway moving on from there uh well let's talk about this godzilla versus kong thing uh so this movie has been moved back up to march 26th um again getting simultaneous release in theaters and on hbo max um we haven't gotten a full trailer yet but they did give us like a very brief like 30 second teaser for it that's just a big godzilla and a big kong punching each other and man i am so excited for this this is going to be incredible i dropped my phone again (laughs) 
I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, I, again, as I've said on this podcast before, like I wasn't a big fan of Godzilla King of the Monsters, but all of the actual monster stuff in that movie was absolutely incredible. It was just a ton of fun to watch, especially on a big screen. Um, and I feel like Godzilla vs. Kong is just going to be more of that. And so I'm very excited. I think this is one that if... Uh, if public health permits, I would like to go see in a theater. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. This is a few months away. So what do you guys think about God, just both Godzilla versus Kong as a whole and it moving up to March? And if you saw the little, like, the little teaser they put out, yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I th- I think I've said this before, but like, I think I, I would much rather go see this in theaters. Like at that, who knows what like late March is going to look like for the pandemic if things are like safer then I think that's something I would like actually want to go out and see in theaters. I don't really know if I have an interest in like sitting down on my couch and watching it for two hours, like on like a smaller thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. I didn't see, I saw the first one and thought it was pretty good. Um, I did not see the second one, but like, yeah, punchy, punchy monster, monster. <laughs> give me, give me more of that. <laughs> We know these kinds of movies are your favorite movies, Mia. So what do you think? I mean, I actually do enjoy a big, big creature movie. Big, I have big been creature. known to enjoy Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is pretty dope. That's pretty great. Big, yeah, anyway, big <laughs> machineries, big monsters. It's gotta be magical. <laughs> big. It's big. Put that on my gravestone, please. <laughs> I feel like... Pacific Rim was just a recipe for success. Big monsters, big robots, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's <laughs> Directed all you need. at 15-year-old girls like me. <laughs> punchy, I don't punchy, monster, monster, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, um, but I, sorry, to answer your actual question, um, I have not seen any of the movies in this universe. Um, I actually do have one comment to say, and that is, what? so what was the last one that came out? Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Okay. I really didn't like the trailer because it used one uh, of my favorite yeah. classical pieces and it's a monster. Like you don't you don't do that to Claire de Lune. <laughs> you don't you don't. Like it was cool, I get it, but just don't. And that's that's it. Mia just extremely <laughs> just watching that trailer on her phone, just seething, being like, "How dare I you!" I was. Do that? I like paused it and I was like, "Did they do this?" I thought that was actually a pretty good trailer. I, I was like, "I like that." I trailer. remember that trailer. I was like, "That's pretty good." <laughs> I thought I thought because it was so different, it kind of created and they're an like Claire de Lune, and There's the big lighty moth. moth yeah, he's the big moth with the lights. Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> they should just call him Big Moth with the lights. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was good. Okay, well you're wrong. Okay. Um, but yeah, moving on from there. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit is so Liam Neeson has got another action movie coming out, or maybe it already came out. I don't know. I think um, it did. Yeah, I think yeah. it came out like last week or a week or two ago. I don't know. Um, but he's been doing a lot of interviews for that, um, and he said that he's going to be retiring from from action movies moving forward. He said he's got like one or two in the pipe still, hmm. um, but then after that, he's he said that he's just getting too old for it. He's just not really into it anymore, um, which. Yeah, makes sense. It's been a good like dozen or so years since Taken came out, and he's just kind of been doing nonstop action movies since. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun. But also Liam, ne- 
I feel like with all of these action movies, it's been easy to forget that Liam Neeson is like actually a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's like, like yeah. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm just excited for him to get back to like more dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in uh, a film a couple of years ago. Uh, where he played like the director of the FBI or something, yeah. and that was a drama. Um, and that he was pretty good in that. I think the movie itself was okay, but I remember him being really good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but yeah. Do you guys are you guys gonna miss Liam Neeson making action movies every year? I mean, I haven't seen many of his recent ones, so it probably will come and go without me realizing it. Sadly, <laughs> sorry, Liam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I. I wonder what it was that, like, like finally he was just like, yeah, I'm done with this. <laughs> like, was there a specific <laughs> moment that, like, broke him? Like, like the the 50th time that he was, that was, he was, like, on the phone call, like, on a phone with, like, a villain being like, I'm going to get you. Like, was he just like, I'm just, <laughs> I've got enough of this. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like he's just, he's been doing the same thing for a long time and, like, good on him. So I think the world will be a similarly desolate place with or without his movies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, one Liam Neeson action movie, though, that I will recommend uh, is a, a movie from, I believe, last year or like or, or like late 2019 or something. But it's called Cold Pursuit. Um, and it's so good almost entirely just because it feels like a spoof of a Liam Neeson action movie that stars Liam Neeson. Um, and like it's it's so over the top and like very self-aware. And like every time he kills someone, it like chops like there's a like a like a running um like a tally mark count that it like pops up on screen every time he kills someone um (laughs) and it's just it's a ton of fun um and like i went into it expecting it to be just kind of a cliche liam neeson action movie and that's exactly what it was trying to be in the best way possible um so yeah cold pursuit check it out (laughs) (laughs) uh and then the last bit of uh movie news we want to talk about is paramount uh has confirmed that they're their somewhat new service, somewhat just rebranded CBS All Access uh, service, uh, Paramount Plus, uh, is launching on March 4th. Um, it's going to be including CBS, uh, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, and Paramount Films and such. So, yeah, I guess just another another streaming service, um, which well, I guess kind of another streaming service. It's just replacing CBS All Access, but who actually has CBS All Access? So. Me. Do you? Yep, because of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. My dad's like, gotta keep watching Star Trek. <laughs> I've heard the new Star Trek show's not that great. I Terrible. Feel like, I feel like it's gone off the... I, I feel Real like I've heard bad. it's gone off the rails. It really has. It was good at the start, because um, it's like a prequel to the original stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really bad now, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was at home watching it with my family, just because like, my mom and dad wanted to keep watching it. And like the day like the last episode came out, was like the day I was like heading back to Lincoln. They're like, do you want to like watch it during like your last day here? And I was like, no. <laughs> and so I just didn't watch it. And I'm just probably not going to. So <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. But yeah, anyway, I, it's a terrible streaming service. So I'm glad it's going away, honestly. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Paramount Plus, I guess, like how it lands. Because I feel like they're a little late to the, a little late off the start with this. Because um, I feel like, all of the streaming services that are going to be established are already kind of like out and getting established. And I just don't really see Paramount competing. Well, like, I guess they've got like, yeah, CBS, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, like all that. And those are all big brands, but I feel like none of those brands are like 
big enough to convince someone to subscribe to a service for them. Like it's something that would be like all of those brands are something that like if they were added on to something else would be cool, but like together they're not like no big draws there. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on this or do you just not care about more streaming services? <laughs> I, really don't. I don't care. No. <laughs> and I don't think any, yeah, nothing here. I'm like, I need this, you know? So yeah, I feel like the most recent, uh, streaming service to launch, or at least the most recent like major streaming service to launch was Peacock. Um, but they've at least got a fighting chance because like they're a little bit cheaper and they've got parks and rec in the office. Um, and I feel like that'll just drive yeah, that service definitely. like mm-hmm. as a whole. And like, I've got Peacock, um, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, like it's, um, in addition to like Parks and Rec in the office and that kind of stuff, they've got just a bunch of like interesting shows and movies and such. And then they also have, since it's with NBC, they actually have like NBC nightly news on there as well. Um, and so that's kind of interesting cause I, I feel like I haven't seen like other streaming services incorporate like news, yeah. um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, but I don't know. I just feel like Paramount Plus will be like Peacock light, and Peacock is already like Netflix light. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I guess that that's gonna that's gonna do it for our our news for the week. So we'll just jump into our our main topic, and our main topic, as you might expect from our first show back in 2021, is we're gonna talk about our best uh, our best and favorite movies of 2020. Um, we, we considered doing, like, a top 10 list or something, but we're just going to nix that and just kind of have, like, a free-flowing conversation here about what movies we liked. Um, I guess a little self-plug, if you're interested in, like, an actual ranked list of my top 10, uh, there will be an article on the DN that should be out by the time this goes up. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out. But, yeah, I guess we'll start with you, David. What is we'll, – we'll just kind of do round robin and talk about, like, one movie each and then move on. Um, so what's what's one of your favorite movies of, of 2020? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, the last, well, the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic, and then I saw uh, Tenet later. Um, but kind of like my last like really good, really great movie experience like in theaters was The Invisible Man. Um, I remember it's like really, really you know, enjoying the trailers and being intrigued by it, but I did not expect to, like, absolutely love that movie. Um, it's really scary. It's really tense. I think, like, at, for, like, the first half of it, it's, like, very much like a, like a, like a, a horror movie, and there are a lot of jump scares, and there's, a, like, there's a lot of tension, and not a lot is happening, and then kind of, like, there's, there's a major moment in the plot, and then, like, the rest of it is a thriller, and I think it really meshes together really well. Um, and yeah, um, uh, what's the name of the actress? Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Elizabeth Moss. She's really, she's really, really great in it. Um, and I think like, yeah, the effects are really great and just like the way it's directed and the way it flows is great. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I think the music's really, really great too. Yeah. It's just, um, I'm, I'm glad cause the movie I saw right before that was Sonic the Hedgehog and there was a point where. Like, I just missed Sonic the Hedgehog being the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> so I'm glad it was The Invisible Man and not and not Sonic. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I also love The Invisible Man. Um, I think Lee Winnell is just a really interesting... Uh, he's going to be a really interesting name to watch. Because, um, like... So he's been, like, kind of in the horror movie industry for a while. Like, he was... Like, he starred uh, in Saw... Um, and like has like been a producer for a lot of things, but he actually made 
like he directed a film back in 2018 called Upgrade, which is incredible. Um, check that out. Um, but this was his follow up to that. Um, and I think he only builds on the good things from Upgrade in Invisible Man. Uh, I think the action sequences are incredible, but also he does a really good job of just making you afraid of nothing. Like there are so many shots in this movie of just like empty hallways or like empty chairs or like where a shot will purposely focus on like the space behind a character because you never know like where the invisible man actually is. Um, and he makes nothing absolutely terrifying. Um, <laughs> you, you, you laughing at that? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> it makes it sound like he's a really like a bad director. He said he makes nothing terrifying. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he's not good. <laughs> nothing in this movie is terrifying. <laughs> he makes the absence of something scary. There we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Invisible Man's great. I think it's on HBO Max, so if you've got that, yes. check it out. Um, have you seen The Invisible Man, Mia? I still have not. We should watch it sometime. The okay. Invisible Mia. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> she just... I feel like you would really like Invisible Man. Yeah. It's pretty really? Yeah. I don't li- I don't like is it jump scare. Um, not not really. At the start, kind okay. of. Like, like there's okay. a couple moments, but like it's not like it relies it's on mostly that. Mostly just it's like, where's the invisible man? Okay. Oh, here he is! Like that's <laughs> like, that's yeah. like the first hour. I make it sound a lot more jovial than it is. It's not, it's not like he's like, hey, like I'm here. It's like I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> like that's that's more his vibe. So. Okay. And I think like one thing that like really makes the movie like something more than like your average scary movie is there's like genuine like social themes in it and yes. like it, it deals a lot with like gaslighting mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and just like yeah like yeah. whether or not like when to believe someone and yeah it's just mm-hmm. it's really interesting hmm. um so yeah invisible man is it's it's pretty good yeah pretty good pretty moving good. on to you next mia what's a movie you saw and liked well so i was looking through my list and the only I I guess we didn't really do like once we saw in theater, but if we are doing once we saw in theater, I only saw one in theaters <laughs> and that was Tenet. But also I didn't really like it that much, so I don't know if I want to talk about it. But I think maybe one It was certainly memorable, uh Netflix film. I think it came out in June, like end of June. Um and I like didn't know that it existed wasn't looking forward to it at all and my sister and brother-in-law watched it and they were like you you need to come over and watch this with us like right now and it was eurovision (laughs) (laughs) and i don't i don't know if either of you saw it no i have not but i have heard a lot about it okay it was honestly really really good like hilarious and also like one of those movies that has no reason to be as good as it is just comes out of nowhere and is hilarious it's um rachel mcadams and will ferrell are childhood friends from i believe either scandinavia that's a thing right yeah. that's not a thing i, I mean scandinavia countries. like the region yeah like. or iceland might be iceland i don't know they're very blonde very fair um and they have a dream to be on the show your uh eurovision which is like an actual competition. Okay. Like it actually exists. And they, they're they singers and everyone thinks that they sing terribly. But the music is actually incredible. Like it's so catchy. And it's basically them just trying to win this competition. And um, oh, who's the guy who plays um, the Beast in the live action? Dan Stevens? Yes. Yeah. He 
I think is a Russian guy. And like over the top, like sexy, like supposed to be. Oh my gosh, we need to watch it because it is so funny. And I was just, again, had no expectations going into it and was just thrilled the whole time. Like it was so funny. So yeah. Yeah, it's definitely on my list of movies to watch. So I'd be down to watch that sometime. I heard like extremely mixed reviews in the sense that some people like were like this is extremely funny and 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 but others that i heard were like this is like the dumbest thing i've ever seen no like it was honestly hilarious okay okay like if you like singing movies like pitch perfect maybe maybe don't compare it to pitch perfect but like seen pitch perfect what what i know People. David, that feels like a movie that would hardcore be up your alley. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I just have never gotten around to it. My gosh. And that is my defining character trait, and I will stick to it. I'm never seeing it. Wow. <laughs> no, no. I'll see it eventually. It's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, if you like singing. I, I hate it. I hate everything about it. My gosh. I think you would really like it. Yeah. I think you would like it. Like, it's just, oh, it was so good. I'm just, like, imagining, like, one of the last scenes from Step Brothers where, like, Will Ferrell's up on stage, like, singing to, like, the whole crowd. Like, that's just what I'm imagining this movie's two hours of. Basically. But with really terrible, like, Icelandic accents. It's just delightful. Delightful. So. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one movie I want to talk about is uh, another movie that uh, went on streaming this summer uh, on Hulu specifically called Palm Springs. Um, Palm Springs, it, it's a rom-com with uh, Andy Samberg and I do not remember the actress's name in the, in the movie. Andy Samberg and uh, another actress. Um, okay. Kristen Milioti. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a rom-com that kind of takes the idea of like a day repeating itself that was like from like Groundhog Day and like Edge of Tomorrow and that kind of stuff. Um, but it applies it to these two characters who get stuck in this time loop together um, while they're, like, at a wedding. And he's just kind of, like, some random other guy at this wedding. But she's, like, the maid of honor and, like, the sister to, like, the um, to the bride. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just a really – it's a really fun rom-com that's way better than it has any business being. And it's, like, oddly existential. And they don't really do much to explain why they're stuck in this time loop. They just kind of, like – focus on the characters and how they react to it um and yeah it's an absolute delight it's probably my favorite movie of the year like it's just it's i don't know i know like not everyone like loved this movie but it just worked with me it worked for me like on every level it could uh jk simmons is in this movie and i won't say too much about the role he plays but he is one of the best parts of this movie like every time he shows up it's just absolutely incredible um and yeah it's it's a hilarious movie and yeah it's very very good i know you watched this david did you watch this mia nope so what what did you think david i thought it was pretty solid like (laughs) i i think because i heard from you and i heard from like a bunch of other friends that it was like amazing and i think i went in with that expectation and i just it just didn't like quite hit that for me i think another thing was i watched it with my parents and my parents were not yeah um, they just did not get, get, get. I imagine it's a film that's awkward to watch with your parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was more so than I think I thought, but, um, sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think I, I definitely want to rewatch it cause I really liked certain elements of it. And I think since it is like Groundhog Day and I 
hate Groundhog Day. Like, I think Groundhog Day <laughs> is just so overrated. Um, I think maybe it just didn't, like, quite distinguish itself, like, as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the performances are really good. I love J.K. Simmons. And I love – I really like at the end how it it is very ex- existential and, like, emotional and good in that mm-hmm. way. But, but yeah, I think I def- I definitely want to rewatch it because I think maybe if I watch it with – you know, like a, a fresher mind and not with my mom and dad. Maybe I'll like really love it. Yeah. It's one of those movies that like I've seen it a few times and it feels like every time I watch it, I just enjoy it even more. Like I just kind of like know what I'm getting myself into and can just like appreciate like all, all the like the little details in the movie. Um, and Andy, Andy Samberg is absolutely hilarious in this movie. And like there's it's definitely like the kind of humor you would expect from Andy Samberg, but it works. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a really it's a really fun time. Uh, it's got a great cast, and yeah, I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu, so check it out. Um, yeah, moving on to you next, David. What's what's another movie that you liked from 2020? I want to talk about Soul. Cause Soul is great. Yes. Um, I made a very like loose ranking on Letterboxd, um, and it's my favorite movie of the year. I think I watched it like very recently, so like obviously, but. So maybe a little bit of recency bias, and also there just weren't a lot of movies this year. But it just really hit home. Um, it's beautifully animated. It it's it has a lot of similar themes to other um, to other Pixar movies. Like it's very much a mix of Inside Out and Coco. Like like very much so. But it still felt really different for me, and I don't really know why. I think it doesn't really have that like emotional gut punch moment that will like make you cry like most other Pixar movies Mm -mm. do but I didn't hate that like I think just like the entire message of it like really just like hit home and felt true to the story and was just like really really well done and it just really like it's one of those movies that just like makes you rethink how you go about your day-to-day life and makes you want to live a better life every day and I think as somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm a junior in college, like I don't really know exactly what my future is. I feel a lot of pressure to, you know, f- have everything figured out right now and like figure out like what my passion and what my ambition is. Like this is really about, you don't, you know, your passion isn't what defines you and like getting like that thing you've always been chasing, like that doesn't need to define you. Like mm-hmm. the, and that doesn't, that isn't the only thing that can give you meaning. Like just everyday tasks and everyday beauties of the world can like give you meaning. And I thought that was really good. So it's very good and I like it. Yeah. I also loved soul. Um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I think it's a top tier, uh, a top tier Pixar movie. It definitely feels like a Pixar movie that is less geared towards kids than it is for Mm -hmm. adults. It's definitely like, it's kid friendly, but like it feels like a lot of, what that what the movie actually is is going to be entirely lost on kids um but it's yeah it's fantastic i think the animation's incredible uh jamie fox is like really good like does a really good job uh at voicing the main character mm-hmm. um and yeah i think the the musical score from trent esner trent resner and atticus ross is absolutely fantastic it's it when i heard that they were scoring this movie i was like what is happening like they are scoring a pixar movie and yet it works it like works with the 
the almost like existential like parts of the movie where like you're just not really sure what's happening and just like really weird um and the score like adds a lot to that um and yeah i also yeah loved soul it's very good what'd you think mia i loved it as well and i think i liked it especially just because i was like trying to figure out who each voice was and like specifically like when they get to the like shapeless sort of people because like the guy who sorts the or like assigns the the person to the mm-hmm. mentor sort of thing he oh now i don't remember his name but i knew Isn't his like voice the, the uk like talk show host or <laughs> that's the pirate guy oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Grand Norton. well Grand he Norton, was yeah. delightful yeah. yes like delightful i'll look him up but the gal who is in like every taika watiti film yep I love her voice, and I was like, I know who that is. And for some reason, like, that just made me so happy. So that, I think, was especially wonderful for me. And also, this is a weird rant, but I think cats are really demonized in animated movies. Like, they're just played for laughs instead of, like, the emotional creatures that they can be. And as a avid, an avid cat lover, I love seeing, like, a cat. In a, cat in get a its due. Yeah, yeah. It was just me. Is like more cat representation <laughs> in movies. Please. It's like the littlest thing, but it's always a dog. Up, Coco. They're dogs. Cats. I mean, the, this mo- cat, the movie cats. This, no, this cat was like mostly animated. played for laughs too. Like it was just, it was like it was like a body. Well, you know, thing. we gotta start. It somewhere. was like an emotional support cat, though, wasn't it? This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, he was sort of, but like, still, it was realistic. Like when he gets distracted by the light, like that was the funniest thing. And like growing up with the cats, like I thought that was just so funny. So, uh, if you like more movies about cats, we should watch the movie. Cats. No. <laughs> Did you watch Cats? No. We have to watch Cats. Or, sorry. <laughs> it's not happening. I've told you this. It's not happening. You promised me. It. It'll happen. I no, I just I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. That's why I'm mad. I'm so. I'm sorry. All right. What um, did you think, Kyle? Of Soul. Yes. I mean, yeah, I talked about it a bit already. Oh, oh. of cat. Well, I mean, I haven't seen cats. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched it. That's yet. why I want to watch it with you. Is that? Is I've that... been waiting, <laughs> waiting on you, Mia. Yeah, we need. To, we're watching. You cats, get on Mia. board. We're watching cats. No, please. No. Maybe. All right, Mia, what's another movie you want to talk about? Uh, what's what's another 2020 movie? Um, I want to get off this topic of cats because now I'm upset. Okay. Um. Did we watch... Did we? I say we. Did you guys watch The Lovebirds? No. No. What? Is that the one with Kumail Nanjiani and yeah. somebody else? Uh, Issa Rae? Issa Rae. I think yeah. it's Issa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I... Definitely meant to watch it. I okay. think I just missed it because that went on Netflix, didn't it? Mm-hmm. That was like supposed to come out like yeah, right that was like early out. pandemic. Yeah, I think oh. wasn't it? Yep, it was. I'm but it was sure. always a Netflix film. Mm-hmm. No, really? it, it was going to get released in theaters, and then it got put. It got moved uh, to Netflix. Yeah. Okay, pandemic. okay. Well, it was another one that was just like very solid, like yeah. r- wonderful casting. Their chemistry is incredible. So, I'm actually surprised you didn't see it, Kyle. You would yeah, like it. I definitely meant to watch it. I just. Good. Isn't it like they accidentally commit a murder or something? They're involved in, a, yeah, yeah, in just like a lot of things going wrong, and they're, I think, I think they're kind of having issues as a couple, and so then they just like have to work through all of this catastrophe, and yeah, 
Oh, it's very good. Catastrophe. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that was my contribution. I'm just saying movies that neither of you have seen. So I think like almost all of the other ones. Well, no. I um, think I think the next one I've got neither of you have seen. Uh, that's a movie called Baby Teeth. You're right. Um, Correct. Baby Teeth. Uh, it's a movie that I saw because it had opened at the Ross this past year, but it is now on Hulu if you're interested. Um, and yeah, it's an Australian film that is about like this family who like it's uh, the parents are played by Ben Mendelsohn and Essie Davis. Um, who Essie Davis? I feel like I haven't seen in anything since The Babadook. Um, hmm. but like she was the main actress in the Babadook. Um, but yeah, they're the parents of a teenage girl named Mila, uh, played by Eliza Scanlon. And Mila is, so I believe she has, uh, she has cancer and like, she's like dying of cancer. Um, and she's like maybe 15 or 16 or something. And she falls in love with this like 23 year old drug dealer. Um, who is just, like, very much not good for her. Her parents do not want him around her, uh, and, like, he's definitely just, like, using her to, like, get drugs through, like, it's it's complicated. Um, but uh, whenever she's with him, she is very happy. Like, it's, like, pretty much, like, the only times that she is happy. So her parents are basically put in this, like, awkward situation of do we tell our dying daughter that she can't hang out with the only person that makes her happy? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of, like, yeah, it's it's not a very like it's not a film that has like a lot of like forward moving momentum it's just kind of like two hours of the situation and the way each character is handling it um and it's a very slow paced film but it builds really nicely and all of the performances are absolutely incredible i think i think if I, if the world were a just place i think ben mendelson and Essie davis would get nominated for oscars for this movie <laughs> um but i don't think that's going to happen because this movie's got like no hype around it um but yeah uh baby teeth it's it's very good um the ending of the movie is an absolute gut punch and it's not the exact ending you would expect based on the premise. Um, but it's yeah, very good. And the, the guy that plays, um, the, the drug dealer that she falls in love with, I don't remember the character's name, uh, Moses, uh, this guy by the name of Toby Wallace and he's fantastic in the movie as well. And I haven't seen him in anything else. Um, but like this gets me excited to see him in more things. Um, so yeah, baby teeth, uh, check it out if, if you're at all interested. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah. Moving on to you next, David. What's another movie that you've seen and want to talk about? Yeah. Well, there are only really like two more that I'm like really into, so I'll just go through both of them really quick. Cool. Um, yeah, we can each like yeah, just talk about like briefly a couple more. Mm-hmm. So. Um, first one is Athlete Day, which is uh, just a really, really great documentary about um, the just, like rampant corruption and sexual abuse in USA Gymnastics um, about like like the Larry Nasser, the the, the doctor, mm-hmm. um, and just uh, it's about the Indianapolis Star and like mm-hmm. they're them just like uncovering the situation. And yeah, I don't have like a ton to say about that, but it's just it's a really, really good documentary. Um, and, uh, the other one is the trial of the Chicago seven. Um, it's really good. It's, it's, it's a good movie. Um, again, I don't think I have like a ton to say about it. Um, the cat, the, just the ensemble cast is amazing. Um, I think I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, I, I thought it was just going to be kind of, you know, like a generic kind of, uh, you know, look at this like historical situation and just mostly just like a, a courtroom drama. And it definitely is that, but it's just really well written and directed by Aaron Sorkin just has that really 
you know, fast paced and captivating Aaron Sorkin dialogue. That's that's just really really good. Um, and yeah, it's I, I I Kyle, I know you you also very much enjoyed this movie as well. Yeah, I think uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven is interesting because it's a movie that's been in development in one form or another for like a dozen or so years by now. Um, and yet it's like the most timely film of 2020 um, because so obviously with all the um, the like police brutality and everything from this past summer and all the protests that re- uh, arose as a result of that, mm-hmm. um, seeing the trial of the Chicago 7 kind of take a look at a similar situation except back in the 60s was very interesting because like half the film is basically just like what's going on inside of the courtroom and the other half is like flashbacks to like what actually happened just like the various situations that that arose um and so yeah the the performances are incredible i think sacha baron cohen will probably get nominated for an oscar for this movie um and uh aaron sorkin wrote and directed this movie and it's fantastic aaron sorkin obviously is an incredible screenwriter um but this is i believe only the second movie he's directed i haven't seen the first one which was molly's game um but yeah he did a great job with this one absolute yeah again fantastic performances from the whole cast and yeah it's on netflix i believe so it's pretty accessible if you're if you're looking for it Uh, did it run on the longer side or was it I think it was around two and a half hours. Okay. I'll check though. Um, For some reason, I remember like looking it up and thinking, "Oh, that's too long." Um, Don't know why. Wow, Mia. He was like, "I like a nice bite-sized movie." <laughs> Hour. Uh, <laughs> it's two hours and ten minutes, so it's oh, not too okay. bad. Which basically two with credits. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Mia. Math. Yes. All right. What's a movie, Mia? <laughs> what is what's a, a movie? movie? What is a movie? What is a movie? <laughs> Um, well, if we're continuing the trend of me talking, well, I guess of us talking about movies that either one or the other person has not seen, um, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, with this po- guy, I mean, are you breaking up with us, with us on this I'm podcast? Done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> he is done with the podcast. Leaves chair. Um, no, this I saw, goodness, I believe sometime in September. Um, it came out on Netflix on September 4th. So I think I saw it like the week afterward or so. Um, boy, oh boy, this is a weird movie. So weird. Um, director is Charlie Kaufman, which I don't believe I had seen anything else that he had done. And the cast isn't like, well, that's not true. The two main characters I hadn't also seen in many other things, but it also has David Thielis. Thewlis, uh, Thewlis, yeah. Lupin, Lupin, yeah, and Tony Collette, and they're the main guy's care um, parents. Um, it's very strange. I, it took me I think a while to get into it, because if you if you look at the trailer, you think this is a horror movie, and for about the first half of it, you're like something is going to go terribly wrong. And it was one of the most intense, probably 30 minutes, where I was just like, there's going to be a jump scare. There's going to be a jump scare. Like, I was, like, tense watching it, and nothing happens. And somehow that's worse. Like, ten times worse. I think the... I watched it with a friend of mine and, well, my boyfriend, but not at the time. And we had to, like, pause halfway through. (laughs) So it was a friend. Um, we had to pause like halfway through and like I couldn't leave my bed and go downstairs to go to the kitchen because I was like something's gonna happen like I can't it was so so stressful but um, I would definitely recommend it if if you like suspense I guess um, 
I think one of the issues, maybe not issues, but something that's noteworthy is like it takes place in like three locations maybe. And probably like a 20 or 30 minute scene is just set in a car. And like that's it. And you kind of realize that the car isn't moving. It's very strange. But for kind of how inauspicious like its setting is, it really uses the location super, super well. Um, I think it's based on a book and you can kind of tell that but it's done very well and the twist at the end was like i can't say enough about this movie it was so creepy and so so good definitely check that out yeah the the guy that wrote and directed this is also the writer of being john malkovich and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um so like he it looks like he didn't start directing things until recently he directed Annalisa uh, a couple of years ago um huh. and then like a couple other things prior to that but like he's mostly a writer it looks like oh okay but, interesting yeah oh wait did he actually write the book uh that oh. i don't know um but i i've seen being john malkovich and eternal sunshine and the spotless mind those are both pretty strange movies okay uh, they're both very, very good movies but weird okay. um and so i yeah, I think I, assuming it's the, a similar style, I think it's something I could be interested in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I haven't seen either of those, so it'd be fun to like compare. I think but being John Malkovich is probably one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. It's <laughs> it's a it's a wild ride. I reviewed that for the DM this past semester, and nice. it was a good time. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, is there any other movies you wanna you wanna throw out there quick? Um, not really i remember looking forward to onward and then just being a little disappointed like it was just eh, okay See, i really liked onward onward's really? actually in my top 10 but, oh okay. but also there weren't a lot of movies this year so yeah that's that's fair um, um no that's that's it i literally had 10 movies that i saw this year so nice if we're not including hamilton <laughs> hamilton is not a movie it came out in 2020 it's not a, it's movie. Not a movie it came out on disney uh, does that make it a movie is it a movie? You yes. Look so, no. No. <laughs> you looked disappointed <laughs> while, while you were like thinking. It's like you, you reached the answer no. And you're like, no, that can't be right. I just went the other direction. No. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple other movies I want to I throw out there real quick. Uh, there's one called Shithouse. Uh, part part in the <laughs> language, but it's the name of the movie. Oh. Um, yeah. My mom is uh, It's just briefly probably one of the most honest uh, depictions of college I've ever seen on film. Uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the same guy wrote, directed and starred in the movie and it's his first movie. That's a guy by the name of Cooper Rafe. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's kind of the perspective of two different characters who like hook up at a party and then are on very different pages after that. Um, and just kind of like how that affects both of them and like the way they both see the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, then I also want to say a movie called, uh, Sound of Metal. Um, it's really good. That came out on Amazon Prime. Uh, it star stars Riz, Riz Ahmed. Um, and he plays like a heavy metal drummer who like starts to go deaf. Um, and so it's just him kind of having to deal with the fact that he is losing his hearing. And like ha basically him going from someone who's like, yeah, a heavy metal drummer who's mm -hmm. touring the touring the country to basically like he goes to this place where it's just a deaf community and he has to learn like how 
how to operate in like his new reality that he can't like really hear anything anymore. Um, And it's it's a really powerful movie. And I think Riz Ahmed's performance is absolutely incredible. Um, So yeah, if, if you're interested in that again, it's on Amazon prime. So check that out. Highly recommend it. Then I'm just going to throw out some other titles and not talk about them uh, just because they're good movies. Uh, the Way Back with Ben Affleck, directed by Gavin O'Connor. That's really good. Uh, Onward. I really enjoyed Onward. Um, we already talked about Tenet. Uh, and then uh, The Gentleman uh, from Guy Ritchie earlier in the year was really good. And a movie called Yes, God, Yes uh, was, was really funny. Um, so, yeah, those are some, some, some good movies to come out of 2020. Hmm. Hopefully we get more in 2021. Movies fingers, are cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any general closing thoughts on any of this? Not a lot of movies came out this year that were good. So here's to some more good movies in, in this year. I think what I liked was looking more to like the streaming services movies that came out. Streaming, yeah, I said that right. Because um, I think I was looking at all the movies that I had seen, and there were a lot that I saw like that came out in November of 2019, but I saw them in 2020. Like... Um, the report on Amazon Prime with Adam Driver. Yeah. Like, I think I relied a lot more on, like, Netflix original and... Um... Wait, when did The Prom come, come out? That, that was came this out... year. That was, like, December. Okay, okay. Yeah. I forgot to include that, but that wasn't that great. Um, that was really good, actually. It's fine, maybe. I haven't watched it. It's Ryan Murphy. Yeah, it's Ryan Murphy, so it's bad in a lot of ways. It's <laughs> very campy. Yes. That's right, right? I can't remember what campy means. Yeah. That's right. It's just like very over the top. Yep. Um, But no, I think I just liked looking to see what streaming services were churning out. And yeah, when you can't go to the theater. So. Yeah. 2020 was definitely like a game changing year for streaming services just because everyone was mm-hmm. stuck inside all the time. And so we had to watch something somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But yeah. Um, one other movie I do want to throw out there that isn't on this list because it's technically a 2019 movie, um, but it didn't get released in the U.S. at all until February of 2020, uh, and that's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, re- really good movie. Um, I think if if I had included it as a 2020 movie, it probably would have been my favorite movie of 2020. Uh, it's very good. It's on Hulu. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in that, check that out. And yeah, we'll start wrapping it up there. This has been, I believe, episode 36 of Sin Nebraskans, the Daily Nebraskan Entertainment Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host, David Berman, as well as Mia Everding. And yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. See ya. See ya.